Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, Episode 7, Out of Pocket, for the week of July 8, 2010. And the out-of-pocket part is the fact that we're recording the week of July 8th episode on July 9th, and hopefully I'll get it posted on July 9th. That's why I always say for the week of when I do an an episode, and I never say record it on this date, because we may record it one day and not actually get it up for five or six more days, or uh, our target release date is always going to be Thursday. Um and we may change that later. The reason it was we started April 1st, and that happened to be a Thursday. So right. we try to hit every Thursday. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday because we have just been slammed this summer, as I'm sure most people who work in schools have been, and uh, we just haven't had a chance to get around uh, to doing it. Well, and we do. We have uh, some out-of-the-ordinary out of things going on right now with the uh, well computers we're adding. Right. Uh, at our district, we're adding four new computer labs. And uh, when you're a tightwad in chief, uh, you don't call up a contractor and say, "Hey, I need four computer labs." You go down to Home Depot and you buy a couple of thousand feet of cable and some and some wall plates, and you make four labs. And so that's what we've been doing this week, and uh, probably for the first part of next week, uh, we're uh, we're building out, turning classrooms into labs. That's what we like to do here. We don't like classrooms. We don't like labs. We like class labs. We want them all to be the same thing. And so we've been converting uh, a couple of con- traditional classrooms into labs and building out a couple of other rooms into labs because we want to give our kids access to everything they can but uh well and also uh, uh adding a network upgrade to them as well yeah we've uh, we've moved from our old 100 megabit backbone to a gig backbone which has been uh, a nice thing uh, uh hopefully someday we'll, we'll jump up to 10 gig but right now we're we're doing what we can afford right uh so uh because of that you know we've been working um uh, until 5.30 or 6 o'clock every day and then uh, up in the ceilings and sweaty and covered with insulation and, and rat feces and whatever else <laughs> might be up in there. And uh, so by the end of the day, uh, when we come back here to the office, we don't feel much like doing a, a podcast. So we got here extra early this morning before everybody else. And, uh, and so we're recording this episode. So... It's probably going to be brief. It'll be more like a .5 episode, honestly, than a regular one. Uh, but since our last episode was a .5, this would have to be a .75, and my OCD brain just couldn't handle that. Right. So we're going to call this episode seven, uh, and we're gonna we've got a, a few things to talk about, but it's not going to be a uh, a full on have a guest on uh, type episode. Right, and uh, yeah, I'm the I'm the prep guy, right? I line up the uh, the guests and uh, do all that legwork on the front side of of this show, and uh, there just hasn't been any time for that. Well, not only that, but it's it's been when you have contacted people, they're busy doing summer stuff, you know, right? And it's been hard to to schedule things. So we kind of expected this is going to happen. It's probably going to happen again around Christmas time. Right. It's going to be difficult to to contact people. So uh, you know, this, you just get to listen to us pontificate a bit today. <laughs> uh, but the first topic on the agenda is an email we got from a fellow by the name of Darren Anderson, who uh, whose email address is from the Landmark Academy. Uh, so I don't know where that is or or anything, but it's Darren Anderson of the Land, Landmark Academy. Um, uh, wrote to tell us that he's been uh, uh, loving the podcast. Thanks for that, Darren. Uh, that's one of you now, we know. Um, <laughs> and uh, he... Uh, uh, mentioned uh, OpenDNS and said you guys need to talk about that as a uh, content filter. And OpenDNS is something we've been using here for about a year now. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Darren, uh, that's a good idea. We we, we will mention it. Um, uh, OpenDNS for um, 
those of you who may not know, it's OpenDNS.org is their website. And uh, uh, they are uh, a place out there that basically puts uh, DNS servers out on the network. And for those of you who don't know what DNS is, when you type in www.disney.com, um, there has to be some machine out there that resolves that to an IP address um, because humans aren't good with numbers, uh, but computers are. So all computer um, websites are actually a series of numbers. 66.76.108.131 is a, is a website. Uh, but humans would never remember that, so they came up with this thing called DNS, which stands for Domain Name System. And so you just remember Yahoo.com. That's easier for us to understand. And a machine resolves the the name Yahoo to the number for Yahoo's. Everybody um, who has ever been on the Internet has used a DNS server. Uh, every ISP provides you with a DNS server. That's one of the settings give uh, give you. Most schools or entities run their own DNS servers. OpenDNS.org is a site out there uh, that provides their, their own DNS, but it, uh, there's a plus to it. They let you redirect certain things, and basically it becomes a content filter. So you have, uh, uh, and this is totally free, they have a, uh, a paid-for version. I don't know what it offers because I've never used it, um, but I can only speak to the to the free side. But there's a, a, a list of about 20 or so categories, and you just check the box that say all um, violence and abuse. And so these things that have been human-vetted, vetted, humans have looked at it and said, this is a violent website, it goes into the violence category. So you check that. And anytime a kid tries to go to, let's say you, you click the porn category, anybody, a time, a time a kid tries to go to playboy.com, instead of resolving to the numbers that really go to playboy.com, it'll resolve to a page for OpenDNS that says, uh-uh, sorry, you can't go there. Right. And the way OpenDNS pays the bills is there'll be little ads on that page, little text, Google-type ads. Uh, and so that's that's how that, that works. That's how they can provide a free service. Uh, and not only do they provide content filtering, but DNS is often um, a weak link in the chain. You might have uh, a really high bandwidth connection, a really broadband uh, Internet feed. Uh, but when you type in an address and there's that few second pause there where the status bar in your browser says uh, resolving address or looking up host or contacting host or something like that, that's the DNS working. And the faster that works, the faster you get to what you want to see. And OpenDNS has really high-end, high-quality servers, and they're faster, according to a, a benchmark test I ran from a, a fellow by the name of uh, uh, Steve Gibson who wrote uh, DNS Benchmark. You guys who don't know Steve Gibson, um, if you're a geek and if you're into security at all, uh, do a Google search for security now or go to grc.com. That's his website. He's one of the, the pioneers in the modern computing industry. He's brilliant. Um He's a bit of a tinfoil hat guy, a little of a little uh, conspiracy minded sometimes, but we need those people. And he's one of the leading uh, um, security researchers in the world. So uh, Security Now is his podcast. I highly recommend that one. Right. This is the guy who coined the phrase spyware. Uh, discovered the spyware, wrote the sp first spyware program. Uh, right. So, yeah, he's a uh, uh, you may not know his name, but uh, you have been impacted by his work. Uh, and I'll just put a free plug in there. Uh, he writes a tool called Spinrite, which is the best hard drive maintenance and recovery tool ever. I live by it. Uh, use it uh, frequently. Uh, you know, it's one of those tools that the only time anybody ever buys it is when they're um, 
hard drive crashes, <laughs> but right. when you do, and that's what happened to me, my hard drive crashed and uh, I bought Spinrite and it recovered all my stuff. And, uh, so, uh, we use it around here at work and, uh, anyway, uh, enough free advertising, Steve Gibson, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm assuming you're a podcast person because you're listening to a podcast. So from one podcast person to another, uh, security now, great podcast. Yeah, that's, that's the one it's gotta be at the top of the list. Um, so that's, uh, that's a little bit about open DNS, but, uh, I wanted to talk about what we use with open DNS, and that's a tool called Untangle. Uh, and it's an interesting mix of both open and closed source. Um, it's untangle.com is where you find their website, and it's, uh, it's a, an ISO package uh, that you download, you burn to a DVD or CD, I'm not sure which it is. You put it in the machine, and it takes over that machine. So it's not like something you would load on a Windows machine or a Linux machine. It takes over the hardware and makes it an appliance, essentially. Um, and it's uh, it's it's really it's a industry standard firewall, high quality, stateful packet inspection firewall, uh, content filter, uh, virus scanner, uh, spam blocker, uh, email uh, filter. It's got all these modules in it that are awesome and free and open source. And so that's what we use as our um, primary content filter is Untangle. And then behind that, uh, we add OpenDNS to catch what it misses. And uh, uh, one of the, the free component, the free web uh, filter component of Untangle is uh, admittedly a little weak, and, and that's because they want you to pay for the real one. Right. If you pay for the full one, it's great. It's a, it's a, a intelligent filtering. It's not just blacklists. It actually dynamically analyzes uh, the content of the page and, and, and uh, filters on the fly. Uh, uh, from everything I've read and people I know who use it, uh, it's a really high-quality um, product. Uh, but the free one is a little weak. It's good enough, but it's not great. And so we added OpenDNS to the back end specifically for proxies. We were having an issue with, with kids uh, going out and finding proxies, and they will do that. And and um, uh, Untangle has a list of proxies, but it's not updated. It's not comprehensive. Uh, again, the paid-for one probably is. Uh, and But we added OpenDNS to that and, just, and checked that box that says proxy slash anonymizer. And... Um, those problems largely went away. Right. That took, that really shorted up. They were, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll cover our, our Friday morning game that we used to play is, uh, we would ghost in, uh, over the shoulder of kids and, uh, of course with ITALC. Using ITALC, yeah. Right. With ITALC, we could see, uh, look at an entire classroom in, in one quick look and see, it was very easy to see which kids were trying to proxy out to MySpace, which was, it seemed like it was always MySpace they were trying to get to. And, uh, we'd watch them proxy, proxy, proxy. They'd finally get one that worked. And then, of course, we'd go in and manually block that. So they'd get to the front page of MySpace. And then you'd see the frustration as they're clicking on everything and freaking out because now they can't get any further. And, uh, then they'd go turn right back to proxying again. And it was like digital whack-a-mole. They'd, they'd right. find one, we'd hammer it down, and then they'd find another one and we'd hammer it down. And, kind, of uh, a, kind of a fun game to play. <laughs> And, uh, but once we checked the box for, uh, uh, anonymizer slash proxy on OpenDNS, they had to start working a lot harder. And eventually, most of them gave up. Uh, the, the really persistent ones who were, who were going to misbehave for the sake of misbehaving, they stuck it out and eventually would find a proxy. Uh, but most of them gave up and decided it was easier just to play some flash game, uh, on a website somewhere. Right, right. Do something else. Yeah. OpenDNS really. Slam the door shut on that. Uh, yeah, Untangle was okay, but when you put the two of them together, 
That was a significant difference. At no cost, tightwad right. style. Absolutely. Uh, and just a, you know, a little philosophical side note about that. Um, in an engaged class where the teacher is teaching and the students are learning, you don't have those sort of problems. And so uh, one of the things that we do here at our school is we run our filters pretty darn loose. Uh, we, we try to keep the worst of the web out and, and make a good faith effort to, uh, uh, to protect our children from those things that would be harmful to their development. But we don't block every little thing. Um, and one of the reasons we don't do that is because we believe as a district, and I believe personally, that the best content filter in every classroom is that salaried professional that you've put in there called a teacher. Right. And that's the person who is going to filter your content. Um, when you start looking to technology to resolve classroom management issues, you will always fail. Technology is not a classroom manager. A teacher is a classroom manager. And in our good teachers uh, classes where they have those kids working and the kids are engaged and they're doing something exciting and they're learning, you don't have those problems. You may be, you know, once or twice a year you find a kid misbehaving on, on the computers in there. But in the other um, classrooms where the teacher is disengaged and sitting up at the front of the class reading a newspaper uh, for 50 minutes, those kids are in trouble all day every day. And technology will never solve that. So right. if you're an administrator out there still seeking to solve your problems with technology, you really need to take a, a, a step back and look at your situation. Technology well, will never do it. And, and yeah, and let's take that. Uh, let's take that all the way out. Just blow that out to as far as it can possibly go. If you can do that with technology, if you really could get there, why do you need the teacher? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So as a teacher, why would you want that? You don't want that technology to take, take your place. So, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about, uh, you know, the technology now is the equivalent of in our day, uh, a pencil and paper and passing notes in class, right? right? But we didn't take away the, the pencil and the paper. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that falls back on the teacher managing that classroom and, and we can see it. It's, it's easy from our perspective to see the good teachers, like you said, that keep the kids engaged. Uh, don't have those problems and they don't have those complaints. It's it, it more often than not seems to be the ones that want to just sit back and tell them, you know, write me a hundred a hundred right. word paper on whatever, and I'm going to sit here and read the newspaper, and then they're mad that they're they're trying to proxy out to Facebook. You know, and it's really uh, anecdotal evidence, but on those days when there's some big UIL event and and half of our teachers are out and the other half are subs. Those are the days we have trouble right. when those subs are there. And, and again, a sub is not a teacher, right? And they're not that salaried professional. They're just a babysitter there to, uh, to do crowd control, basically. And so the problem comes is when you have that mentality in an everyday teacher. And, uh, so teachers out there, um, if you are having classroom problems with your technology, if you're in a lab and you just can't keep your kids off of MySpace, it's not a technology problem. You're the issue. And I'm sorry to be uh, rude about that, but uh, that's just the way I see it, and that's the way it is. You're the problem. It's not the technology that's the problem. Um, so anyway, we're going to step off our soapbox there, uh, soapbox there and, and move on a little bit. Um, uh, Darren Anderson also uh, mentioned Google Apps and, and talked about how, how he was using it there and, and said that we needed to look into Google Apps. Well, Darren, I, I will tell you now that um, we are in the process right now at our district of moving to Google Apps. Um, about a month ago, uh, we um, totally moved off of our existing mail server and transfer, transitioned everybody over to Google uh, Google 
for do, apps for domains. And that's, uh, that's our mail now. And we're working up some training. And when I say we, I mean me, uh, right. <laughs> working up some training, uh, that we'll show them on, on how to, you know, share documents and, and that sort of thing. And, and we really expect that if our teachers grasp the collaborative power of Google Apps, that it's really just going to take off and be an awesome thing. Um, and, and, I, you know, it may take a couple of years for that to happen. I, I tend to think uh, it seems like the things that grab teachers are the the features that save them work, right? <laughs> and, they, and there's plenty of that in there too, right? I mean, just as far as submitting and not having to deal with all the paper and everything else. So, I, I'm hoping that the teachers will embrace it from the at least from that perspective, is that it's going to make things easier for them. So, if you haven't checked out Google Apps for Domains, it's a free service for schools. Uh, um, it's a paid service for business, but it's free for schools where you have uh, a full domain dashboard and you get all the Google Docs goodness with the, with all the editors and you get Gmail all built in there and they're, uh, promising that in the near future they'll include those missing things. Right now there's some missing things like Google Reader. Uh, they've already added, uh, uh, Google Wave into it. Google Voice is, is set to come so that when you have a Google Apps account, uh, you're gonna get all the Google goodness. Right now you can't really do that there's some things that are just google account and some things that are google apps but uh um we're going to look at this later without a doubt but we didn't want to just talk about our excitement of what we think might happen we wanted right. to wait several months or even a year until we had some hard data and we could look at it and say this is what's happening this is what's working this is what's not working so look for a google apps episode upcoming absolutely and uh and so, Darren, thank you for your email. Uh, we we do pay attention, and uh, and so th- we appreciate the uh, uh, the feedback there. So uh, I, I got to say, and it's I I thought it was kind of funny. You know, uh, we've gotten uh, several suggestions over the last few months, and uh, I, it tells me we're at least in tune with our listeners because <laughs> so often they say, "Hey, you should uh, you should really talk about this." We're like. We're using, yeah, we yeah. should, we should do that. Yeah, we're using that. That's a great product. I'm still waiting for the guy out there to send me an email that introduces me to something. Hadn't happened yet. Right. Um, I'm, it's, we, maybe we'll make that a feature, like stump the tightwad. Um, <laughs> find some really awesome free feature out there that I've never heard of. Um, uh, because the, that's not going to be an easy thing to do because I, I pound the, the, the internet pavement and look for that sort of stuff on a regular basis. Absolutely. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about fog. Um, fog is the, the episode four that we did shining the light on fog has been by far our most, uh, popular episode. We still have comments on the, on the blog going back and forth on a regular basis, people talking about it. We're in the middle of fog right now, um, uh, reimaging our, our computers this summer. And, um, you know, when, when Chuck and Jim were here, uh, I groveled openly at their feet, uh, for the wonderful thing that they had created. So guys, I'm going to take you to task now if you're listening uh version 0.29 i'm not happy with it not liking it uh i plan you know unless something changes i'm going to revert back to 0.28 um, uh, the, some of the, the pretty enhancements that you made, the Ajaxy stuff where things fade in and fade out have made it so slow when you're imaging 40 computers 
uh, at a time, and you've got 40 of those things fading in and out on a page, it becomes uh, unusable, really. Well, and and definitely for me became unusable in Firefox, and uh, I had to start using IE to interface with Fox. When so. you drive a tightwad to Internet Explorer, you know that something's wrong. Yeah, yeah, because like when I have to do that, and of course this is the season, this is the fog season, right? So I'm going home every day and feeling like I've got to take a shower because I had to use IE. <laughs> and all it's day not long. from the rat feces, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, if somebody out there is using 0.29 and it's smooth and it works flawlessly, um, uh, let us know what we're doing wrong. And it may well be something I've implemented, you know, when I did the upgrade, maybe I screwed something up and, and I'll look at that and, and happily look at it. But, um, I'm saying, uh, like right now, Sean's been working with a fellow, uh, setting him up. We've been talking over the phone and emailing, uh, stuff. And his first experience here has been with 0.29 and I'm kind of wince. Uh, having knowing that that's going to be his first experience because 0.28 was a lot better, right? And in terms of raw performance. Well, and let's let's mention uh, let's go ahead and mention this because uh, uh, with well I'll say Joe of uh, Bishop ISD, uh, he uh, first off in setting him up he had a problem with uh, he had set a different password for his Ubuntu server and Fog and they were supposed to be the same. Well, there are different places where you put different passwords in, right? And and that's okay. You just got to know that in some cases it's asking for your fog password, and in some cases it's asking for your your Linux password. Right. And then he and, also had uh, and a we password with a or a username with yeah. a, a space in it. Yeah. We discovered thanks to Joe that you should never use a username with a space on it. His username was fog space server. Um, don't do that. Uh, it broke his system and it took us a while working with him with a couple of days, uh, uh because everything we, we're looking at it, everything's right. It's just not working. Right. It was very uh, obscure, something like that. You and, know? you know, and I, I firmly believe that spaces are evil. And, uh, just on a, <laughs> on a hunch, I said, Hey, let's change that username and see what happens. And it started working. Right. Uh, so just a little tip out there. If you're setting up your fog server, uh, if you're doing Ubuntu or CentOS or whatever, uh, make the username, uh, a, a single word. Yeah. And now, like you said, we're kind of wincing right now because he's doing his first kind of test, uh, uh, imaging labs. And, uh, I know so far the ones that I've done, I've had some issues with, uh, renaming and rejoining the domain like it used to just do it automatically. No problems. Uh, we're having some problems with that here, and uh, I haven't heard from him yet, so I'm hoping he's not having that that same issue. Yeah, and again, that may just be here. Maybe we messed up. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to blast fog yet because uh, it could very well just be us, uh, or that you know it could be even hardware specific. Maybe you know something in the new version uh, doesn't interface with our hardware uh, quite right. I don't know. Yeah, but some of the UI enhancements. Uh, aren't enhancements. Uh, they've, they've put a thing in the new one that, that constantly pings a machine to see if it's up. Right. Um, I get the logic of that, sort of, but when you're imaging a machine in the ether, ether boot cycle, it's never going to be able to ping because it hadn't gotten that far yet to get an IP address, and you're just slowing the system down by ping timing out the whole time. Uh, yeah. Things like that. Yeah, and, the, you know, the, the previous interface was just very, very responsive. Clicking, you know, you click on something and you you just get your list of computers up, and it all came up really quickly, and uh, uh, it was it was nice and simple, and it still looked good, and I think they were going a little bit more for that pretty, which 
you know, typically does make sense. But, uh, you know, when you're dealing with a tool that uh, techs are going to be using anyways, uh, we're not nearly as impressed by the pretty. We want the functionality and we want it to be responsive. So, All right. So we're going to hop off of that. But we'll probably do a fog follow-up a follow up episode later on. Uh, guys, still love you. Would still kiss you full on the mouth if you were here. Great product. But um, it, it, it always frustrates me a little when you when you take a step backwards. And I kind of think that's what you've done with this new version. Right. And let's put a call out, too. If uh, if you're listening and you're using Fog and you'd be interested in maybe coming on the show, uh, shoot me or, or Mark an email and uh, let us know. And uh, towards the tail end of summer, when we've really gotten through all of the imaging, uh, we'd like to record a, a Fog follow-up and uh, just get some uh, user feedback on what your experience was over the summer. So. Especially if we're wrong. If you're not having these issues, I want to know about it. Right. Because, we, we would like to hear from you because right. you actually might help us out. Right. And so we're going to move on. I'm going to uh, briefly mention, just because I'm into this sort of stuff, uh, today uh, is our first episode on a new uh, digital mixer setup. Um, previously, I mentioned in, in, a, in an earlier episode uh, that the setup I had was um, a multi-track mixer that I bought used several years ago, and it was used several years old when I bought it. Yeah, it's, the thing it, was probably what fifteen years old, uh, at least ten. It, yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it was old and and it was good and it did the job. Um, but one of the issues that I had with it was it was a recording device, uh, not a mixing device. So we would record into it, and then to do the editing, I would then dump it off into Audacity on a on a computer. So if it was an hour and a half episode. I would hit play on one and record on the other and go do something else for an hour and a half uh, while it transferred over, and then I could actually do the editing. Right. This new system I'm using is the uh, Lesis Multimix uh, USB series. Uh, this one I have is the A-Channel mixer. Uh, it's really cool. It's got a USB 2.0 interface. Uh, I just plug it into a laptop, and, and when I click record on Audacity, it doesn't just get the left and right channels like I used to get. It gets all eight channels of the board. So right now I'm in one channel, and Sean's in another channel. Hello. And, um, you know, earlier, um, you probably won't hear it by the time I edit it out, but his phone rang. Um, I'm just going to go back <laughs> to that part and cut his channel out during that time, and right. you'll never hear it. Um and so uh, that's that's sort of the new uh, capacity that I get. Uh, again, Audacity is really uh, uh, mind-blowing in what it can do sometimes. And the fact that I just plugged this thing in and went, oh, you now have eight inputs instead of only two, that was really impressive to me. Um, uh, the, the, no- the mixer has some issues. It's a little noisy. Uh, but, again, Audacity's noise filters take that out, and you'll probably never know it by the time it gets there. Right. Um, but uh, it's a little on the expensive side, not, not huge. It would cost me about... Uh, three or four hundred dollars. I don't remember exactly. I think it was three ninety nine, um, which is a little steep for one person, but certainly not for an entire school. If you're setting up a podcast lab, uh, that's something to look at. Uh, I'll post a link to it um, when I make the show notes for this episode. Uh, anyway, it's the the Elisis uh, Multimix USB two point um, and ideally, you won't notice a difference, or maybe it'll sound even a little better to you right. uh, than it has in the past. Uh, but uh, it makes my life a lot easier because now when we're done and I hit stop, it's already in Audacity, already recorded, already in multiple channels, and I won't have to do anything else. And so that's a pretty cool setup, and, and I just thought I'd mention that because uh, – um, you know, this is, uh, we're, we're trying to, to get better for you, our audience. We want to produce a better product and we want to do it more efficiently. Uh, like, you know, that's the, that's what we say all the time, doing more with less. 
And, uh, and so that's, uh, that's sort of our goal. We actually pared down two pieces of equipment by doing that. So it is less and hopefully we're doing more in the process. Well, and I think, uh, we've proven out through statements over time that we're, we're a little bit of a, you know, podcast knobs as far as audio quality. <laughs> so we definitely want to, uh, focus on that. And, uh, I think this is a step forward. So. So anyway, that's just a, a little thing we'd throw out there. And um, the last thing I want to talk to you about today is a, is a little teaser. You know, we like to tease a little here and there coming up next week, coming up in a couple of weeks. How about coming up in seven months? Uh, we just found yeah, out. Yeah, mark your calendars. <laughs> we just found out yesterday that our uh, proposal was accepted for the uh, Texas Computer Educators Association Convention in Austin, Texas in February 2011. Right. Uh, I think it's the 10th is the day that we're going on. And uh, we're doing an episode uh, or a session called Podcasting Live. And what we're doing right now will be that session. We're going to record an episode of the Tightwad Tech, uh, as they used to say on the old Laverne and Shirley reruns, recorded live in front of a studio audience. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to have uh, hopefully 100 or 200 people there. I hope it's something that gets some interest. Uh, I've done sessions at TCEA uh every year for the last decade or so um and so uh and you know you you might have 30 people there you might have 200 people there you never know depends on whether or not uh, your session uh descriptor strikes a chord so i'm hoping that we're going to have some people there. We're going to do live. And if you're in Texas and if you're going to TCEA, look us up. The episode, uh, uh, the session title again is Podcasting Live. You can search that out on the TCEA website at tcea.org. Um, they're still building all that out, but in the near future, uh, that'll be up and you'll be able to mark that on your calendar. Um, and you'll get to see what we do. We're going to cover the whole spectrum of what we do. Right, right. So, uh, we'll start off with something, uh, probably from me as far as, uh, show preparation show notes, uh, uh, lining up guests and things of that nature. And then we'll, uh, go into, uh, the equipment and, you know, Mark will probably cover the equipment, uh, that in our setup and then actually go into recording a show and probably have, uh, some participation from the audience in, in that particular show and then go into post-production. And that's, that's Mark's gig is doing all the editing and post-production work. And then, uh, uh, you know, getting it out there, getting it out on the iTunes and the various, uh, distribution channels. So we're going to cover everything we kind of have an interesting division of labor that sort of developed organically sean does everything pre-show we do the show together and then i do everything post-show right uh, if 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 you've ever been contacted to be on this show that would be sean who did that and he does the scheduling and he puts the show notes together and and you know i just pull up the google doc and look at all the hard work he's done and we sit down together and do the show and then he walks away it doesn't right. think about it again yeah, that's right i take a breather and i wait to hear from mark and says okay it's up there now yeah. and then i do all the editing and actually putting it on the podcast server and do all that sort of stuff so uh that works out pretty well for us uh, i don't yeah. know if you're going to do a podcast uh, you would probably do it differently but uh, that seems to work out really well for us i gotta say it's a lot of work so uh, i can't imagine you know if it was just a single man show right uh, that's that's a lot of work so uh but we'll be talking about that and we're going to uh reveal our secrets as to how we do things and uh and how a couple of Joes who don't know much uh, put on what we hope is a fairly decent podcast for you. Right. And I, what I hope comes across in that is that, uh, you know, at least we can 
make it look fairly easy. You know, it doesn't take a couple of geniuses to put this together. (laughs) If it did, we'd be in trouble. Right, right. So, uh, I'm hoping that's what, what comes across there and maybe our rig, uh, some people can take a look at and, and, uh, implement something like that at the campus level because this is certainly something that the kids would get in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Just to, you know, to give you a, maybe I should post a picture at some point, but right now our rig consists of a, a very small mixer. And a laptop, and actually the mixer's smaller than the laptop, and a couple of headphones and a couple of mics. And that's it. I mean, right. it's, there's not a lot to it. Right, exactly. I mean, it's small enough to really be mobile, so you don't even have to set it up statically in, on a campus if you wanted to. I mean, you could uh, That'd have That'd be it. cool, set it up on a cart and take it class to class. Right, just have them check it out, right? I mean, it's, it's that compact, so uh, uh, I think it's a great rig for just about anybody. Yeah, and I, I mentioned the laptop. Uh, we had one just laying around, and, and I'm sure a lot of schools will at this point, an older machine. It doesn't take a lot to run Audacity. Of course, the, the, the more you've got, the faster it'll do it. But uh, if, you, if you're if you starting from scratch and buying all new gear, a, a little $400 netbook would do the job just fine. Right. And so, uh, you know, the, the $400 mixer, the $400 netbook, and another hundred dollars worth of mics, you know, for under a thousand bucks, you could have a campus-wide uh, podcasting system. Right, set it up on a cart, and you're you're good to go. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's a, that's a little bit about that, and um, and I, that's unless you've got something else, Sean, I think that's where we're going to leave you. No, I think um, that's it. Uh, definitely contact us, uh, particularly since I'm the pre-show guy. Uh, yeah. I'll be looking for. Uh, uh, people to part- participate in that fog follow-up show so if you're using fog this summer uh, and you're interested in coming on the show uh, shoot me an email sean at the tightwadtech.com and uh, i'll get you lined up and we'll start communicating to get you on that show and uh, if you've got show uh, suggestions things that you think we need to cover if you think you can stump the tightwad and, and show me something that i've never seen before uh, again the tightwadtech.com is the is the place to find us uh, we post a blog uh, posting with every episode and and, and the comments Hopefully the conversation goes on. So far, we've, we're developing a bit of a community there. Um, you can link to us. You can find our Twitter um, uh, feed and, and our Facebook page. And, and we're still begging people to, to, to like us or friend us or whatever it is on Facebook um, so that we can be Facebook.com slash the Taiwan Tech. You've got to get 100 people who like you before you can do that. Um, right now, we're too small time. They don't think we're important enough to have our own URL. Uh, so, um, you know, we've got more than a hundred listeners out there. Our, our download data tells us that there's more than a hundred people listening. Right. So just take a few minutes and uh, go over to the tightwadtech.com, link to us on Facebook and click the like button. It'll take two minutes out of your day and it'll help us out. Absolutely. And so, um, I guess that's it. Yeah. You know where to find us. You know what we're up to. Uh, if you, if you like pulling cat five cable through, uh, rat covered feces, let us know. We'll call you up here. <laughs> Uh, or, or rat feces covered in asbestos or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you enjoy the feeling of fiberglass in your skin, uh, we've got plenty of work for you. So come on up and, and spend a day with the tightwad. Well, and know that that's what we're doing right now. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get another episode out in a week or two. But yeah. uh, uh, please understand. It's that time of year for us just as it is for you. And, uh, uh, so if, uh, there's extended periods of times between shows, uh, that's just what's going on. Yeah. And we're trying to, we, we want to push this thing to be a fully weekly episode, uh, a weekly podcast. We started out bi-weekly just so that we would buy some time and, and we knew that we may not be able to put one together every week. Turns out here this summer, we're actually having a hard time putting together one every two weeks, but we'll get better at it and we'll be, uh, better at, uh, at recording things ahead of time. And, uh, so hopefully 
hopefully we'll be able to move this uh, uh, by the end, by fall or, or certainly oh, the beginning yeah. of next year to a weekly episode, a uh, weekly podcast, because uh, we like doing it and uh, at least some of you like listening to it. So uh, uh, we're, we're enjoying the feedback. Keep it coming uh, because sometimes it feels like we do a lot of work for a little recognition and just a, an email uh, lets us know we're on the right track. Right, right. And so with that, uh, I guess that's, uh, we'll see you next time, uh, hopefully next week. But if not, it won't be too far away. So this is Mark signing out. And Sean signing out.